1: On this program, we are featuring a complete broadcast of the most popular program of the 40s and 50s. We'll present Jim and Mary and Jordan as Fibber McGee and Molly. And now from a broadcast heard around the world in 1945 on the Armed Forces Radio Service, here's...
2: Fibber McGee and Molly.
0: For the American Armed Forces and their allies, Special Service presents the Fibber McGee and Molly Show with Billy Mills and his orchestra, The King's Men, Ransom Sherman, and Arthur Q. Bryan. It's a wonderful and inspiring thing when a man and his wife can spend a quiet afternoon at home discussing the trend of the modern novel, current modes in Impressionist art, post-war economics, and other such cultural topics. It's also fun just to sit and play gin rummy. Flank favor, McGee, and
3: Molly.
4: I wish I could remember what happened with that ten of spades. Are you holding it? I won't tell, dearie. Hmm?
5: You knew what I was holding. Now, McGee, stop peeking through the discard.
4: Well, gee who is if a guy can't take a peek.
5: Down with four.
4: Down with four?
5: <laughs> wow.
4: Oh, you sure caught me with my fallen arches that
5: <laughs>
4: Look at that, 87.
5: Minus four is 83. Well, that's game. Wow! And you now owe me eleven thousand six hundred and forty-nine dollars and thirteen
4: cents. Well, that's not so much considering we've been playing every night since the game was invented. How much I owe you in cash?
5: A dollar sixteen. Mm-hmm. See, <laughs> so let's just play one more game.
4: Ah, for the love of Mike! Try and be peaceful in a, with a game of cards and what happens. People run through here like anyway. I don't. Care. Come in. Hello, Mrs. McGee. Hello, McGee. Hi, Doc. Old Sock. How's everything in the stick out your tongue and say all racket?
5: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you look tired, Doctor. Sit down and rest a few minutes.
4: Thank you, my dear. I am tired. Most of the younger doctors have gone to the service. We old men have a lot more cases to handle. Oh, you're not so old, Doc. I'll bet you're not a day over 85.
5: Oh, <laughs> McGee, Dr. Gamble is no more than 50.
4: Well, frankly, I feel right now as though I'd been the obstetrician in care of Methuselah's mother. Say, <laughs> <laughs> so, look, folks, am I intruding? Oh, not at all, Doc. Not at all, old kid. Not at all. We were just sitting around playing gin rummy. Care to take me on for a whirl? Ten cents a point? No, thanks. I don't like the way you play. Hmm? You always manage to turn over at least five of your opponent's cards every time you deal. Just thought I'd... <laughs> But I'd stop in and rest a minute, Mrs. McGee. You sure do look bush, Doc. You're as beat out as a World Series bunt. Well, stop rubbing it. Stop rubbing it in, you little sadist. I know I'm tired, but I've still got more stamina in my left ear than you have in your whole pudgy little carcass. Oh, yeah. Don't throw that pudgy business at me, Doctor. Why, you haven't seen your toes since you quit wearing pins in your knickers. <laughs>
5: Now, McGee, stop arguing. Dr. Gamble isn't fat. Oh, no.
4: (laughs) He can't even touch his necktie without bending his knees. (laughs) All right, McGee, I'm too weary to punch the bag with you today. Thanks for the hospitality, Mrs. McGee. i better run along home.
5: Oh, don't be in a hurry, doctor. I'm
4: not. In fact, I hate to go home. My house is in such a mess. Full of ants. Full of ants. Gee whiz, Doc, why don't you do something? Well, here we go again. Another call for Alice Darley. I'll
5: get it, McGee. 79 Whistle this, Molly McGee speaking. Who? Dr. Gamble? Well, yes, he's right here. It's for you, doctor. It's a man, and he's very excited. Yeah, they
4: always are. Probably got a severe hangnail. <laughs> Hello? Yes. All right, I'll be right over. Have plenty of boiling water and clean linen. Yes, right away. Sorry, folks, I've got to be going. Oh. I am about to be master of ceremonies at the world premiere of another little taxpayer. Good day. <laughs> good old Doc. Just the middle man between the bird with the big bill and the guy with the big sickle.
5: (laughs) You know that that poor man is almost worn out, McGee? I'll say. Did you see his eyes?
4: I'll say. He's got pouches on him that a kangaroo would be proud of.
5: You know what, McGee? I was just thinking it might be neighborly about the wheat. Well, heavenly days, he's been nice to us, and if the poor, tired man needs his dishes washed and his kitchen cleaned up, I don't see why we... can't.
4: Oh, no, you don't. Oh, no, you don't. Let him exterminate his own ants. He's a doctor, and if he don't know how to be sanitary... But, McGee,
5: we owe it to him.
4: Why do we? Well,
5: think of the things he's done for you.
4: Yeah, at five bucks a thing.
5: <laughs> well, now, not necessarily. He got your thumb out of that bowling ball. Yeah. <laughs> And he fixed your eye the time you stuck the turkey leg in it. (laughs) He gave you emergency treatment the time you broke your arm, showing more tubes how you could take your vest off without removing your coat. Yeah, but
4: gee, where's that? Yeah, and
5: who scarred the town to find you a rubber donut the time you sat on the Hornet at the Elks' picnic?
4: Gee whiz, that, that don't mean we got to barge into a guy's house and start exterminating stuff. Well, he? it does
5: to me. Now get your hat and we'll walk right over. Hello, Mrs. McGee.
6: Hello, Mr. McGee. Hi, Al. Hello, Alice dear. Oh, were there any
5: phone calls for me?
4: Were there any phone calls for? Are you kidding? Why, it's getting so every time I pass the telephone these days, the receiver jumps up and down on the hook. <laughs>
5: He craves about it ringing all the time, Alice, but once it rings, Superman couldn't, keep he, uh, couldn't beat him to the phone. <laughs> Give Alice her call, Siri.
4: Okay. Harold called. Wants you to go to the Swing Shifters' dance with him. Artie called. Wants you to go to the Swing Shifters' dance with him. Cliff called. Wanted to know, could you go to the Swing Shifters' dance with him?
3: <laughs>
4: Gerald called up and wanted you to go to the Swing Shifters' dance with him. <laughs> Eddie called. Uh, what did he want? He didn't say.
3: <laughs> I
6: think I'll go to the dance
4: with Eddie. Gee. Ain't that just like a woman? Five guys call and ask you do you want to go to the dance, so you got to go with the guy that don't ask you.
6: Oh, but Mr. McGee, I like Eddie because he's so masterful. The way I first met Eddie was at a dance, and I was dancing with a boy, and Eddie came up with a great big knife in his hand and said, may I cut in? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Eddie's really rugged. <laughs> Are you going to work now, Alice? Uh, it's a little early, isn't it? Yes, but I'm going to stop at the hospital and see Jerome. He's one of my boyfriends at he had an accident on account of being too patriotic. Too patriotic? Yes. Jerome was riding in a convertible with a top down, and just as he drove under a viaduct, the car radio started playing the national anthem, and <laughs> Jerome stood up. Oh, dear. Did it knock him out? Yes, but he climbed back in again. <laughs> I go to the hospital and see Jerome I have to get to the factory early because the fellas and girls on my shift are putting on a musical comedy and I have to start (laughs) rehearsing.
4: You mean rehearsing?
6: No. We haven't rehearsed at all yet. (laughs) Oh, it's gonna be a perfectly super production, my dears. It's a story about a girl who is simply mad about this great lover, and she tries to help him break out of prison. Oh, what's the name of it, Alice? Romeo and Joliet. <laughs>
4: Look, Alice, if anybody wants us before you leave, tell them we're over at Doc Gamble's, will you?
6: I certainly will, Mr. McGee. I'll write a little note and leave it on the door telling everybody where you are. Fine. But when I leave the house, I'll tear it up so the burglars won't know there's nobody here. Goodbye.
4: You <laughs> will write a note and leave it on the door, but when she leaves, she'll tear it up. I don't get it. Come on, Molly. Let's go. We got
3: to go.
0: Billy Mills in the orchestra and How Sweet You Are.
5: Dr. Gamble's house when we get there,
4: McGee. The key's under the mat. How do you know? How do I know? Why, that's where practically everybody keeps the key. Well,
5: don't you think Dr. Gamble is too intelligent to use such an obvious hiding place? Uh
4: Uh-huh, that's just the point. He's so intelligent, he knows nobody'd ever think he'd do it, so he does it and fools him. (laughs) But he don't fool me. I'm intelligent, too.
5: Well, here's your chance to prove it, dearie. This is Dr. Gamble's house.
4: Okay. There. There's the key under the mat. See?
5: (laughs) You certainly figured that one out,
4: McGee.
5: You betcha. Now, come on. Oh, my, what an attractive house, McGee. Look at that beautiful grandfather's clock by the stairway there.
4: <laughs> See any ants?
5: Not yet, but the kitchen is probably where they are. Let's look out there, huh? Well, I guess
4: Doc ain't such a bad housekeeper for a bachelor. Everything looks
5: clean. Yeah, but you know how men are <laughs> careless of crumbs and things. Mm-hmm. See if there's any ants on the windowsill.
4: Okay, I'll take a gander. Here, give me a hand, and I'll step up onto the sink. And...
5: All right. Better brace yourself on the china cabinet there.
4: Not a sign of ants here, Molly. Maybe they Let look... go
5: of that cabinet, McGee. The
4: shelter's loose. Oh, no, that's okay. I only think... <laughs> dear. Dear,
3: oh dear.
5: We've broken every piece of china in the cabinet. Well,
4: that's better than busting only half of it. <laughs> Yeah, I see an ant. Where? Right there on a... Oh, no, it's just a little crumb of toast or something.
5: Personally, I can't see anything in this light. Open the Venetian blind, dearie.
4: Okay. thing's stuck. Huh? Pull it harder. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Imagine
4: that, I was pulling the wrong cord.
5: <laughs> Can you get it back up?
4: Sure, nails just pulled loose as all. Hand me something to pound it back in with. That silver pitcher.
5: No, no, you'll scratch it all up.
4: So what? Silver pitcher is going to get scratched up sooner or later anyway. Thanks.
5: (laughs) What'd you do now?
4: My hand slipped. (laughs) Broke the window.
5: Well, hand hand me the silver pitcher.
4: I can't. It fell out the window. (laughs) Hey, give me a towel or something to stuff in this hole. Otherwise, Doc will have ants, bees, birds, butterflies, and homing pigeons in here.
5: <laughs> ah, there we are. Maybe this was all a mistake, McGee. Huh? Look, we've only been here five minutes and the place is a wreck.
4: Well, you can't make an omelet without busting a couple of eggs, I always say. <laughs> now, the first thing we've got to hey, do Trevor, is... Hey, Trevor!
5: Molly! Where are you? Who's that? Sounds like Mr. Wilcox. I' in the kitchen, Mr. Wilcox. How'd he know where we were? Well, Alice probably...
0: Oh, hello, Mr. Wilcox. Hello, folks. Great galloping goldfish. Something explode in here? No, oh, we're just doing this as a favor to Doc Gamble, Jr.
4: <laughs> as
0: a favor?
5: Dr. Gamble said he had ants, Mr. Wilcox.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, if he didn't, he will have when he sees this mess. What were you doing, chasing him on horseback? No. Hey, what are you doing, Fibber? Who, me? The doc's got the temperature set
4: too low on this refrigerator. I'm adjusting. I think I just about got it now. We're just about off. Oh! Oh! oh. oh. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, what a piece of junk that thing is. One
0: little twist and the whole inside falls apart. Well, excuse me, folks. I'm getting out of here. Why, Mr. Wilcox? Why? Doc Gamble is our family physician. That's why. If he knew I was connected with this house wrecking, I wouldn't dare call him for a case of hiccups. Goodbye. <laughs> here, here.
4: see, scaredy cat. Well, it does look pretty
5: bad in here, McGee. Smashed china, hole in the window, blind torn down, and the refrigerator broken.
4: Now, this is terrible. Oh, I don't know. I think Doc will appreciate knowing how he got gypped on this house. I wonder how much he paid for this joint.
5: Well, I wouldn't know, dear. Hey,
4: uh... Suppose I could tell by looking through his check stubs?
5: What? They must
4: be right in the desk McGee,
5: you can't do that. People don't prowl through other people's private belongings like that.
4: Ah, that's just an old superstition. I always says that... Somebody at the back door, McGee. If it's a fellow with ragged clothes and a long white beard, that's our laundry man. He's been missing for a long time. Come in.
7: Hi, mister. Well, I'll
4: be a... Hi, sis. What
7: do you want? Nothing, I guess, mister. Uh-huh. I just thought I'd come over and see what you were doing. what you doing? Whom, what you? Uh,
4: well, sis, I Well, tell Dr.
7: You.
5: Gamble's having trouble with Aunt's little girl, so we thought we'd come over and see what we could do. Yeah, how
4: did you know we were here?
5: Well, Aunt Girl told me. You know, the one that lives at your house? Hmm? Miss O'Brother.
4: Miss what?
7: Miss O'Brother. Anyway, that's my daddy's daughter. Huh? Every time he looks out the window and sees her go by, he says, there she goes, old brother.
5: Well, Well, uh, what does your mother say to
7: that Yeah, what
4: does she think about all this?
7: Oh, she just laughs and laughs. (laughs) She says my daddy's gone through the dangerous age. Oh, I see. When
4: is a man's dangerous age, sis?
7: Well, <laughs> Mama says it's between 14 and 100. <laughs> I mean, rare cases, 102. See <laughs> what you been doing in here, mister? Everything's all busted up.
4: <laughs> oh, a couple of minor accidents, sis. Now, you run along. We're going to be busy.
7: Okay, mister. Goodbye. And so
4: long. And don't take any wooden dolls.
7: Oh, I wouldn't, mister. Not after what happened to Edgar Bergen.
4: What happened to Bergen?
7: Well, he took a wooden dowel once and hasn't been able to move his lips for 20 years.
0: The King's Men sing Terry Botkin's new hits, Riding Herd on a Cloud. He was a cowboy, a two-fisted hitter,
2: and always ready for a ride. Now he's a-riding a different kind of critter. You ought to see him now. He's riding herd on the clock tonight, left his spurs and his saddle on the ranch with his cattle and he's now in flight, with a crew of hardy hustlers on the lookout for some rustlers. plain and why? now he's in for the duration, kayayippin' information information with the cowboys of the sky, someone
3: back home, feelin' mighty proud, says a prayer while he's there, i
4: box of that ant poison, Molly. I got to sprinkle some more around the living room here. Oh,
5: heavenly days, McGee. That makes seven boxes we've used Mm up. And you got it tracked all over the house. Now, look at that carpet. Well, the more
4: there's around, the more ants it'll kill. Hey, help me move the piano out from the wall.
5: Okay. One,
4: two, three, Uh, push.
5: What was that?
4: Music rack on the piano. Busted in two when I started hauling on it. Boy, Doc, sure took a beating on these furnishings. I never saw anything so flimsy. Did you see that arm come off that love seat when I picked it up? McGee, and watch
5: y- where you're sprinkling that powder. Remember, that's poison.
4: Well, that's all the powder there is anyway. Won't be an ant dare stick its head in here for the next 20 years.
5: Shall we put the furniture back where it belongs now, dearie?
4: No, no, leave it out. Let Doc see how much work we've been doing for him. Hey, these are good cigars he's got here. I'll take a handful on behalf of how he'll appreciate what we're doing for him.
5: I think I'll sit down and rest a minute, dearie.
4: Me too. Hey, look. Well, slice me in two and call me slim if that ain't a television set.
5: Ever see one of these, Molly? No, and leave it alone, McGee. We've done enough damage in here. Oh, you
4: can't hurt these things. Look, it's just like a radio, except it's got a screen up here that a picture's projected onto like a movie. See? What's the screen made of? Glass, I think. (laughs) Yep, glass. Yeah, but they're easy and replaceable. As a matter of fact, he... Uh-oh, somebody at the door. Come in. Hello,
2: Molly, darling. Hello, Fibber Lad. Alice told me to be over here working, and I thought maybe I could help. Oh,
5: no, thank you, Uncle Dennis. Hey, young.
4: Come here, come yeah. here. We've got a tag sticking to your shirt front. Oh, I have... Well, take it off, Molly McFerlin. Now, hold still.
5: There.
4: Let me see that. Aha, yeah. uh-huh. I thought so. Merry Christmas from Molly to Fibber. <laughs> now, look here, Uncle no, no,
2: no, don't get excited, lad. I was only breaking it in for you. <laughs> and look, I bought you a necktie to go with it now. You give me that tie for my birthday. Well, I bought it, didn't I? Goodness,
4: lad. Now, the... doggone it, Uncle. One of no, these days no, you're gonna... boy. No, no, boy. Uh, well, now, scram along, will you? We'll be home very shortly. Very
2: well, Ed. And don't hurry home now, Molly, because I peeled the onions and they're cooking in the pot this very moment. What onions? The ones in the paper bag on the sideboard. Hey, those weren't
4: onions. Those were Molly's new tulip bulbs. <laughs> oh,
2: <laughs> tulip bulbs, they were, huh? Sure. Yes, no, and I had one sliced raw on a sandwich and it wasn't bad at all. <laughs> but then, us Driscolls have always loved flowers. Goodbye now. <laughs> getting
5: late and we've got to get this house straightened up. Just take a look at it.
4: Sure is a mess, ain't it?
5: Mess is right. That green ant poison tracked all over the house, furniture broken, the china smashed, the refrigerator out of kilter, and heaven knows what. Oh, well. Now, come on out in the kitchen. We'll start to straighten
4: out. (laughs) Heavenly days now, what? I tripped over the lamp
5: cord.
4: (laughs) Good thing I didn't fall on that busted globe or Doc would have had a nice lawsuit on his hands is the lamp cord like I thought for people like that? The lamp cord
5: was under the rug, did
3: <laughs> Oh,
4: looks like Doc's got company. Hi, ladies. You want to see Doc Gamble? Yeah, uh, because he isn't here right
5: now. Uh, won't you sit down and wait? What has been going on here? Oh, look at this house, Clarice. It's a wreck. That horrible green powder all over everything. And who are you, may I ask?
4: Oh, we're, we're neighbors, sis. Mr. and Mrs. McGee. You see, when Doc said he hated to come home on account of his house being overrun with ants, we I that... beg your pardon. Such insolence. Please go. At once. Oh, yeah? Well, now, wait a minute, girl. Yes,
5: who are you, if we may ask? We are
4: Dr. Gamble's ants. <laughs>
5: Angry's Uncle Dennis, he's ruined all my tulip bulbs.
4: Yeah. Well, I just called the drugstore and they haven't got any. Any what? Uncle poison.
5: McGee, please. You're
4: welcome.
5: Good night. Good night, all.
1: Well, that wraps up this edition of the Golden Days of Radio and our 1945 broadcast of a Fibber McGee and Molly program. This is Frank Brzee in Hollywood, California, inviting you to listen again next week for more shows and personalities from Radio's Golden Days. This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service.